What's going on? Restaurant Report. It's Mike, and I wanted to come to you with something very specific to talk about today. Um, But first, I want to uh, thank all of you um, for for being such incredible listeners. Uh, Thank you to those of you who have reached out to me. Um, and you know, I've, I've gotten some really motivating messages lately by people who are opening a restaurant, who are putting into some systems, uh, some systems into place, um, who are, are diving into what leadership in their restaurant means instead of just profitability and, uh, you know, really investing in the long term of, of what their business and what their restaurant really means to them. Um, what their position in uh, in that restaurant means to them as well. And I can't even tell you how much that means to me, um, especially as, uh, you know, I set out to start my consulting company um, and, and now my restaurant groups, um, you know, really with the intention on delivering a great place for people to grow and for people to really develop um, you know, I, I've had multiple conversations with, with people who are in corporate restaurants where I essentially grew up in and, uh, you know, they're frustrated with the direction. They're frustrated with many, many things. And, you know, not to say that there aren't corporate restaurants out there that do a great job because there definitely are. Um, it's just harder. I had a, a deep conversation last night, um, about the challenges that, that corporate restaurants face when you have, 200, 300, 500, 700, 1,000 locations, that it is hard to not look at certain things as you know, just a box, uh, to not look at the success of a restaurant just strictly in black and white and on paper, because that's really all they see. And if there's not a a, a core, uh, a root, a foundation of people first, then that's really what it becomes. And then it becomes a cycle of those are the people who are hired. Those are the people that um, are in charge. So anyway, with the thank you, I also want to tell you that I have another podcast. Um, I actually started this other podcast it's called the One in 400 Trillion Podcast. I started it last fall. Um, it was really my, my way of beginning this podcast, my, my way of um, you know, testing the waters and, and, and getting things figured out while I set up the restaurant report. So um, super excited. Uh, to, to tell you all about that because uh, this I'm in season two of the one in 400 trillion and it's an interview podcast um, and I now I have a co-host I have a new co-host his name's Jabril Salam um, really incredible fantastic guy entrepreneur he actually owns a coffee shop um, <clears throat> and we, we're doing this new season uh, where the two of I the two of us have a conversation and then we interview someone as well um, but, you know, to kind of give you a little backstory on it, I, again, I, I started that because I wanted to practice my interview skills. I wanted to um, kind of get to know the process of the podcast. And, and so far, all of my Restaurant Report podcasts have been just me talking while I'm on my commute. 
uh, with a nice cup of coffee next to me. Um, today I've got a Peruvian blend. If you listen, you know that that's one of my favorites. Um, anyway, so my point is one in 400 trillion podcast, super proud of it. Um, it's one of those things where, you know, I, uh, <laughs> I started at not knowing what I would get out of it. And, and I got out of it a lot of what you all, um, have been reaching out. You know, I, I have guests on there who are in the middle of the process, the guests who are, are, are going through, um, whatever, whatever it is that they're chasing, they're in the middle of it and they're going after it and they're in the ups and the downs and the struggles. And, and I wanted to provide a place for people one to share that story, um, where I can connect with people and then <clears throat> other people can connect with their story too, because so many times we hear the podcast about the people who have quote unquote made it, uh, you know, and, and the celebrities and, and all of that. And, and that's fine because they do have a lot of value and they can, they can share a lot of information, but, you know, to be able to look at somebody and relate to them and say, I'm in the middle of this process as well. Um, it's pretty powerful. So, uh, the one in 400 trillion podcast, it's with, uh, Briel and Mike. Uh, you can find it everywhere. iTunes, Anchor, uh, and everywhere else, you know, Google play and all those places. So it would mean a ton to both of us. Um, if you would check it out and, you know, I could see, I could see me bringing Briel over here onto this podcast and we can talk a little bit about the coffee shop, uh, and a little bit about, you know, what he goes through, uh, on a, on a daily basis because of his location and, and so on and so forth. So anyway, thank you for letting me plug that real quick. And let me get to the, uh, the meat and potatoes of today. And I want to talk about food safety. Yes, food safety. It may not be the sexiest topic. It may not be the one that uh, you just heard me say those words and you said, yes, I am fired up and excited to listen to food safety talk. And I'm not going to get into the uh, technical stuff. So I'm not going to be, oh, you have to heat this protein to this. No, I don't want to talk about that. You all should have that information available. You should have that information available and posted to the people who it is uh, most important to. Um, so really what I want to talk about with food safety is your culture of food safety. What's the, what's the culture like in, in your business? Um, you know, what's, what's the culture, what's the relationship with the health department? Um, I, I've been very fortunate when I started my consulting company, I went to the local health departments here and, you know, just reached out to them and I introduced myself and said, this is who I am. This is what I do. Um, here's what I'm capable of of for restaurants who, um, you know, they need some help in food safety because I, I believe in it. Um, and, and I believe that we have, I guess I shouldn't even say that I believe in it. I, I more believe that we have a responsibility uh, as a restaurant to provide a place where uh, our, our guests don't have to worry um, about our, our practices and, and what goes on in, in the back of the house, um, what goes on behind the bar and so on and so forth. So, um, you know, really, I would I would look in the mirror and say, you know, and and look in, in your your leadership team and say, you know, where are we at with with our culture of food safety? Uh, if the health department walks in, are we scrambling? Um, and yes, I know that there's some things you want to go and look and make sure that you know there's not a, a sandy bucket place where it shouldn't be, or a drink cup 
placed somewhere that it shouldn't be. Um, you know, all those things, those are things that happen on the fly. You know, the things that I'm talking about, you know, are, are labels being changed, um, you know, just flat out unethically being changed, um, to extend a shelf life on a product to not have to throw it away. Um, are, are, you know, things being hidden, um, you know, just the, all of those, those, those little things when they walk in, or is it a, a situation where it's like, okay, they're here, you know, we have a good relationship with them. We've shown that we're, that we're dedicated to food safety and, you know, hopefully that beginning, that, uh, that start of the relationship can lead to a less tense, less, um, combative, uh, walk through with the health department. So some really simple things, um, that I've implemented in my restaurants that I have, uh, helped people implement in their restaurants. And it's very personal because every restaurant is different. So when you look at this and, and, and you know, some of it may not work for you, some of it may be, uh, very customizable for you. Um, you know, one thing that, that I, I created and, and have the team um, really focus heavily on is just a daily walkthrough at the beginning of the shift and at the end of the shift. Um, if you are in, in really 20, no more than 20 to 24 bullet points on there, you know, you're just checking in on the Coke machine, uh, the, your pop tower, making sure that there's no uh, mold in, inside um, checking on your, uh, you know, your iced tea machines, making sure that they're clean and emptied and, and the, the spigots aren't, you know, full of that iced tea residue, um, you know, and, and basing, you know, other processes off of these things on how to prevent that. Um, by the way, your, your Coke nozzles, your iced tea spigots, um, get a baby bottle basket uh, and run those things through your dish machine or your three compartment sink every day and let them air dry out and you will not have many issues at all. I can guarantee you that anyway. Um, but you know, looking at things like, uh, you know, just checking for dates, checking for labels, checking for open containers that shouldn't be open or hierarchy or all those little things that, that you can just dedicate just a few minutes to. It does not take a lot of time. Um, I, I know, I have a love-hate relationship with checklists, too. Um, I, I hope that you didn't turn me off as soon as I said checklist. But, um, you know, this is one that you can check before you open. You can catch anything that can be, um, you know, outlandish. And by doing it at the end of the night, it's the same thing. Um, you know, you check and make sure that this, uh, you know these little things are, are being done. It's hard at the end of the night, things get missed. Um, totally, totally empathetic to that. But by making this a SOP, uh, you know, then you're, those things are going to be caught a little more often. Um, so that one's, that one's really simple. Um, you know, another one is to, to post your, to post charts throughout the restaurant. Um, for, you know, hierarchy, uh, for temperatures, uh, for cooking temperatures, and then um, heating and cooling temperatures, you know, make this information readily available. And that way, you're 
your employees don't have to search for it. They don't have to memorize it. Um, it's great if they do, but we all know that a restaurant is hard, and they have a lot of other things they have to remember. They have to remember recipes. They have to remember guest name. They have to remember orders, and da 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 The list goes on and on. So, you know, why not have a meat temperature guide close to your grill or your flat top where you're cooking your meat? Um, why not? You know, the same thing with your walk-in. There should be a hierarchy chart in your walk-in um, or on the outside of your walk-in, somewhere where it is easily accessible for your people to um, to access. If you want those, uh, you can Google them. Um, it's very, very simple. Or you can email me and uh, I'll send you them. I, I made some myself. So uh, if you want them, let me know. Um my email is always in, in uh, somewhere around here, bio or the show description. I'll make sure that it is, especially for this one. Um, because if you want them, you've got them. I'll send them right over to you. Uh, so aside from that, some type of orientation and training and interview uh, set of questions revolving around food safety. Again, as you know, if you've listened to me in previous interviews, or uh, episodes, you know that the interview is the first step of setting the standard for me, um, setting the expectation that they will have. And if I talk about food safety with a back of the house person, again, it's not sexy, but it's unbelievably necessary. So when we have that conversation at the beginning of the working relationship, they understand that this is something that's important to me and something important to the restaurant. Um, so when you get into that, you get into orientation, you discuss some of the food safety practices, you know, whether it is the checklist or, you know, whatever it is. Um, if you have a food safety team, that's cool. Um, some restaurants have a food safety team, you know, a group of three or four people, front of the house, back of the house, a nice blend so that they can have, um, you know, all, all sides covered, all, all perspectives covered. Um, and they have a meeting, you know, once once a week or two, every two weeks to kind of discuss the state of food safety. Um, and then when the health department does come in, you get a report. Or if you are um, a company who uses EcoSure or anything along those lines, um, <clears throat> then, you know, when they visit, then you can have your food safety team, uh, you know, have conversations with them and, and, and share the results and the findings. And, and then people get to be involved more. Uh, which is fantastic, and then even more so than that, then you have more eyes and ears and hands to help uh, grow the culture um, of food safety. So uh, that's another idea. Uh, I've, I've seen it work. Um, you know, it all it all depends on uh, you know what works for your particular environment. But really, you know, having things up around and posted, um, and having the conversation and, and continuing the conversation. Um, not being afraid to say, hey, that's Sandy Bucket. Um, de- I mean, depending on whatever your local local uh, <laughs> department tells you, you know, there are, are some uh, some health departments that I've worked with that have no issue with having a, a Sandy Bucket on the floor because then it's not on a, a food contact surface, um, you know, or next to storage. So whether it's you know portion bags or anything like that, um, they they would prefer it to be on the floor so it's away from um, any food or food contact surfaces. Uh, so, or maybe they want it on a shelf off the floor, but still away from all those things. And, 
you know, so whatever it is, what, however those little things, don't be afraid to correct in the moment, to teach in the moment. Um, you know, it's, it's just so important that those little things don't get missed. Um, put in systems, you know, we all have fry timers, um, and, you know, you can have a timer for sanitation, you know, a 30 minute timer, uh, to sanitize stations, you know, um, change out utensils, um, and in the morning, you know, a two hour timer, uh, to change your sandy buckets every two hours, um, make sure that they're going to have the right concentration, um, in, in the time frame that is allowed. So, you know, these little things, these little systems you can put in place to really give yourself the best opportunity to have great food safety, a great food safety culture. And on top of that, um, you know, when you do these things and you put these steps in place, one of the uh, positives that comes out of this is your naturally it's your relationship with the health department. Um, the health department is uh, they're they're a group of people who they work very very hard. Um, they do not have all of the resources in most cases to be able to provide you with all of the support that you need. Um, and that's not their fault. They're busy. They, they have a lot of restaurants in, in each one of their counties that they have to uh, they have to manage and then they have to inspect and reinspect and do plan reviews. Um, so you know, the, the more that you can do to show, hey, I'm here because I want to help be a part of great f- food safety culture. Um, the byproduct of that is you and I are going to have a great relationship. Uh, and you and I, and I'm going to show you that we're not uh, a restaurant that you have to worry about. Another restaurant that you're going to have to reinspect, uh, you know, multiple times. You know, this is not the case. So, you know, when you start to build that relationship and you show your uh, health inspector that you, you have a consistent um, culture in your restaurant, it goes a long, long, long way. Um, let me, let me just ask you if, you know, just looking in the mirror, you know, and, and being able to say, you know, there have been times in my career when I've, I've been, uh, you know, I've looked for problems, right. Um, I've searched for things and typically whenever you search for things, you find them. Um, but, (laughs) uh, so if you have a bad relationship and you ruffle feathers with the health department, they can do the exact same thing to you. Um, so, you know, I, I don't think that they're vindictive at all. Um, I just think that that's human nature sometimes. If you're combative and, and in, in, especially in a situation like that, then, you know, giving people a reason to find something is, is never, uh, never beneficial for either party. They don't want that. You don't want that. Um, and I, you know, I've been very fortunate to have some really great relationships um, with inspectors in some that I vehemently disagreed with and vehemently had, uh, you know, had issues with, but I was able to talk through those issues. Um, you know, another uh, here, you know, one of them in particular, uh, you know, we turned a corner and, and she actually would come to the restaurant and answer questions. Um, we would schedule time for her to come in 
Um, you know, we would talk about some of our previous reports with the staff. So with, with uh, anyone who wanted to come front of the house, back of the house, and she would answer questions and she would be there for them. Um, and, you know, that just showed as well to say, hey, you know, we we're dedicated to this. We want you to join us. Um, and, and we want to show you that whatever you tell us, we're going to take this to heart and we're going to go, you know, put these things into practice and, um, you know, essentially learn, learn from our previous mistakes. So, um, you know, and I want to, of course, you know, there is just, I, I can't speak enough about the responsibility of food safety and when I look at, you know, I, I don't want to sit here and say that it's only, uh, <laughs> that we only want to look at our profits. Um, but I, I know for a fact that as more of this information becomes public, um, there's a lot of newspapers out there that, that will, uh, or, or news agencies that will publish these findings um, after, because the health department publishes them in a lot of places, um, but the news report, the, 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 they'll, they'll go and republish it on a platform where more people are. Um, I don't know how many people are searching out their county uh, health department information, but when, when news agencies take that, they will do that. They'll do their research, they'll gather that information, and they'll share it. I see it all the time. Um, so, you know, I don't want to sit here and, and, and make this a fear-mongering thing because I don't believe in managing through fear. Um, but there is this aspect of, you know, those types of reports, those types of, that type of public information can affect your business. Um, you don't want to be on the news for, you know, having, uh, in, in one particular case that, I, that I've seen on the news, uh, in the last couple of years is, uh, raw chicken stored in a bathroom. Um, I, and it sounds insane, but this, this whole situation was, was really drastic and the, the restaurant ended up having to close and the, um, this particular health department, uh, they, they take pictures and, you know, these pictures are public and they, I mean, they hit the news and it was just a firestorm of, uh, bad press and, and the restaurant never survived. Um, and I, I could go on about that specific incident, but it was so very, uh, just over the top, you know, they really, honestly, had, particularly had no business, you know, serving people food. Um, so, you know, that's the, that's the market letting the market be because they didn't, they didn't take care of that part of it. They took care of, uh, you know, what everyone thought was, was good, high quality food, but they didn't take care of the food safety part. And, um, ended up costing the owners a lot of money. They lost their business. Um, and that, that's, that's sad, but they didn't do the things to protect themselves. Um, they didn't take food safety seriously. They didn't take the um, steps to develop processes um, to, to take that, that seriously and, and show that we really genuinely care about the fact that we are serving people food and we want to hold ourselves to a very, very high standard while we do that. So, all right, food safety, uh, some little tips, uh, some little stories. It's all in the past now. Now it's up to you to go out there and create a great culture of food safety for your people to work in, for your people to grow in, and you know, for your guests uh, to feel comfortable in your community 
in your health department to build a great relationship with you. Um, you know, thank you again for listening. Thank you again for checking out the one of 400 trillion podcast. I look forward to getting back to you very soon.